Surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eyes has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out the channels in the rocks, and his eyes sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me, and the sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be bought for gold and silver, cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, its precious onyx or sapphire. Gold and glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where, then, does wisdom come, and where is a place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death says, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way of it, and he knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, When he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Thank you, Gemma. Do keep your Bibles open. Now the kids, if you follow George, he will be doing Sunday school. And let me just pray for you and... Rob as well, um, and Rob will be speaking. Father, I do pray for George as he speaks to the children and for Rob as he speaks to us. I pray for ourselves, the children, and the congregation that we will be open to listening, that we might become wise as we listen to your words. Amen. Hello, everyone. Good to see you here. And please keep your Bibles open at Job chapter 28, um, because we'll be looking at that together as we go through um, our time together. Uh, Let me me pray again. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you that you uh, make us wise uh, for salvation. Thank you that you reveal who you are, the living God, the true God the God of the ages, the God of the future. The God who would save his people. 
who would save us from sin. Better? Great. Wonderful. Okay, um, it's Father's Day today. Did you know that? Yeah? Anyone wish their dad a, a happy Father's Day? Anyone forgot to wish their dad a happy Father's Day? I've yet to do mine. So please do prompt me at the end and say, Rob, ring your dad. Um, I sent him actually an interesting quiz. It was like a generate your own dad joke thing that the BBC were doing on their website. And you put in a few details about what socks you like to wear as a dad. And it will give you a, a, a dad joke. Um, uh, I won't tell you what the dad joke was. Um, but what makes a wise dad? What makes a wise dad? Why don't you have a little think about that question? What makes a wise dad? Would it be someone who knows a lot of practical things, maybe? Know-how of how to do things in life? You say, oh, that's the wise dad. Uh, maybe it's someone who has a lot of degrees or achievements. You think that's a wise dad? Or has made good investments? Made a lot of money? That's a wise dad? What is it? You know, what do you think? What makes a wise dad? Well, it's a very important question because actually we can broaden that question and we can say, well, what makes a wise parent? Or what makes a wise colleague, a wise neighbor, a wise friend, a wise person? What makes a wise human being? What is it that makes them wise? We're in the book of Job. Job is a suffering believer. And his replies directly to his friends have ended. Um, we saw that, didn't we, last week? Uh, but we need to take stock. We need to take stock of the question that Job's been asking the whole time. It's a deep question, isn't it? Why? Why is this happening to me? He's been asking that question, why? The whole way through this book. And there's been 25 chapters of dialogue, discussion, about that question. But we have to take stock and ask ourselves, how far have we actually got towards an answer? How far have we actually got towards an answer? And the answer is not far at all. We haven't got an answer. Job's question of why is actually a search for understanding, for wisdom. He is searching for wisdom, for understanding. And actually, this whole chapter is about man's search for wisdom. Um, It has three parts to it. Uh, The first part is Job saying that uh, man can take, he can search out all kinds of precious things in the earth. The second part is saying, well, wisdom is the most precious thing of all, but how, how good is man at getting for himself wisdom? Can he do that? And the third part we're going to look at is talking about how wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is with God. You can't separate the two things. Um, So we're going to look at this together. Um, And it's relevant, isn't it? Because if you want to be a wise person, what are you going to go to for that wisdom? Where are you currently looking for wisdom? Are you looking to others? Maybe to your parents, you think, oh, they must understand how to live, how to do life well. Are you looking to heroes, other people, 
Are you looking to the, you know, the textbooks to try and find the answers on how to live wisely, how to live well? It's very relevant, isn't it? What will make you wise? What will make me wise? It's not a theoretical question. It's a very real-life question. Okay, so let's look at verses 1 to 11. Um, Job's point here is simply, mankind is very, very, very good at extracting all kinds of precious things from the earth. He's really good at it. And he describes some of the ways he does it. Um, So look with me at verse um, 1. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine, that's mankind. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit. The ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travellers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires. It has dust of gold. In a poetic way, Job is saying, man is very, very good at getting these precious things from the furthest limits, from the most inaccessible places. He searches them out. He goes to great lengths, great sacrifice, pain, because he knows that there is a precious thing and he wants it. He talks about diamonds, gold, silver, all of those kind of things. Yeah, we don't have to imagine. Um, has anyone been down the mine as a child? I'm, I'm not insulting you to think that you actually did that as a job, um, down a mine, but uh, actually you might have gone on a holiday and visited a mine. Anyone done that? No? Just me then. Okay. Um, you can do it in Wales. If you go to Wales, you can go in a, a ruckety old lift, all the way down, 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 until you can't see even a slice of daylight. And you get to, with the light of a torch, investigate these big tunnels underground. The overwhelming feeling is like, it's just eerie. It's just like uncomfortable. You just want to get to the surface, like you can't breathe. It's the moment where we all realize we're claustrophobic, right? Um, But if a man does that, why does he do it? Because he's in search of something precious. A precious stone, a precious ruby, a precious sapphire. Um, seven countries here's, here we go, a little bit of trivia seven countries lead the world in um, gem quality diamonds does anyone know what those countries are? yep, ding yes Botswana we've got three, wow it's not Ghana Russia, Canada and Angola and Nam- Namib- Namibia okay and you know that together, or each of those countries, produce over one million carats per year. Each of those countries produce one million carats of diamonds a year. Um, this picture is not a toy. It's actually a massive mining machine. Okay, look how small those people are. Um, let's have a look. That's the wheels. That's it next to my car, not my actual car, but my kind of car, okay? Man is very good at this. You can create all kinds of technology to get stuff, to find it, to seek it out, to extract it, 
to get that precious thing. Um, let's have a, read, a little bit more uh, a read of what um, Job says in verse 7. He's talking about where this place is. That path, no bird or prey know, of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beast have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle and the thing that is hidden he brings to, out to light. Same point. He cuts the rock. He creates a channel. He finds every precious thing and he brings it to the surface. There's nothing out of his reach in this world. Um, I guess space exploration is quite similar, isn't it? It makes a similar point. You think the most inaccessible place is probably like another planet. And yet man can do that. He can get there. In aid of discovery, he can, he can go to the most inaccessible places. Notice that he's better than all the other animals are doing that because you know, they'd just give up, wouldn't they? They'd lose interest. But man has determination and skill. He can do that. But, and this is what Job's leading to, there's one precious thing, the most precious thing you could ever want, and he can't have it. You can't get wisdom. There is no place that you can go to to find for yourself wisdom, to mine wisdom in this world. If Job's point in the first bit is man is very good at these things, he's making the contrasting point, you can't do it. You can't get wisdom. Let's have a read of that. Um, In verse 12. This is what Job has been building up to. Um, Notice verse 12 is very, very similar to verse 20. Where shall wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? From where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? Same question. It's like bookends. Sometimes in the Bible you see repeated phrases and you think, okay, well, there's a structure there. He's returning to the same question, but what comes in between? And sometimes when you notice those kind of structures, you think, okay, well, the bit in between is the bit he's highlighting. The bookends just show you there's something in between I need to look at. Um, so we're going to get to that bit in the middle, but let's just start with the question. Where shall wi- but where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? The thing that we so desperately want, understanding, but, but where do we go for it? Where, it's not like the shops. You don't just go down the shops and say, hey, I've got my money, give me some wisdom. That would be, be convenient, wouldn't it? It really would be a convenience store. But you can't do that. There's no place you can go to get for yourself wisdom. But yet, and this is where the bit in the middle comes in, yet wisdom is the most precious thing. He's making the point. You can't get it, but if you could get it, it's the most precious thing. It's the thing that you should cherish and want more than anything else. Because you know what? If you're wise... All the other things are possible, aren't they? If you have wisdom and understanding, then in every area of life, 
that wisdom applied, that understanding applied is going to help you in that situation. So it almost is like the thing, the one that trumps all the other things, because all the other things, you need wisdom to get them. You see what I mean? And, and he's saying, look, man does not know its worth, in verse 13, and it's not found in the land of the living, so you can't find it. The deep says it is not in me, and the sea says it is not with me. It cannot be bought for gold, and silver cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ephir, in precious onyx or sapphire, gold and glass, cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Forget your, uh, you know, diamonds. Your um, what's the, the, yeah, what's your what's the diamonds? What's that one? Where you buy your diamonds? What's that shop called? Come on. Yeah, Tiffany's. Forget that. You know, forget your other places. This is the most precious thing you could ever want in life. This understanding, this wisdom. Wisdom for life. How to live, how to understand the world around you. How to live well. It's the most precious thing that you could walk out today here, from here today with. And yet Job says, you know what? We can't get it for ourselves. That's a very humbling thing, isn't it, to realise that there's something that is so precious and that we need so much and yet we can't go and get it. It's not within our grasp. But yet, for all the searching that Job's done, that's the conclusion he's come to. And I think we just need to rest on that a minute. We need to rest on that and think, have I realised that? Have I come to the end of myself and realised I've been doing a lot of searching. I've been trying to find answers to things. I've been trying to do things by myself, but I've basically ended up where I started. It's a humbling thing to realise. There's a lot we don't know. (laughs) And we can't help ourselves to know those things on our own. It's just impossible. He returns to his question from then, from verse 20, from where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say we have heard a rumour of it with our ears. So though wisdom is more precious than anything we could wish for in this life, we're not, it's not within our grasp. It's not within our power to go and get it for ourselves, to make ourselves wise. And yet, in this last little section from verse 23 onwards, 23 down to 27, Job makes one simple point. Wisdom is with God. Wisdom is with God. God understands, verse 23, the way to it, and he knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. Makes sense, doesn't it, that if God 
created all things, that it was by his wisdom he did so. It was by his understanding that he made everything. And so how would we possibly think we can understand anything without him? How arrogant do we have to be to think we can understand anything in the world that God has made without him who created it with his wisdom and understanding? The answer to our search for wisdom, for any answer (laughs) that we could possibly ask, is with God. It's with God. We can't get wisdom, but we can know God. We can know Jesus, who God has revealed himself to be. We can know this God. So, God is the one who knows wisdom. It's his wisdom in the first place. How do we respond to this? What does it mean for us? Well, maybe we need the humbling that comes from realizing that we've been looking in all the wrong places. We've been searching and searching for answers, asking the same old questions, coming up with our own answers to the questions, and yet none of it uh, matches up. None of it fits. And yet, here we have clear, clear thing to say to us. You've been ignoring the God of wisdom. You've been trying to do things on your own. Without God, no one is wise. Um, if you look at the very, we look at these again. So this is basically the end of the poem is what Job says about where wisdom can be found. And he's saying, well, it's with God. So he says, God understands the way to it and he knows its place. And then he says, he saw it and declared it, he established it and searched it out. And then for the very first time in the book of Job, God speaks to man. In verse 28, did you realize that? For the very first time in the book of Job, God speaks to man. He's spoken to Satan in chapters 1 and 2. But this is the very first thing that we hear of God saying to man. And what does God say in the book of Job? He says, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. And this really is the test for our hearts. Because this is what God says. And our hearts will either say, nah, I've got better ideas. And yet this is, if we, are, if we don't say that, if we say, yeah, yeah, you should know these things. Of course, you're God and I'm not. You know the way to wisdom. You, it's your wisdom in the first place. I'm going to listen to you. Then this is the gateway to wisdom. How our hearts respond to this thing that God is saying here. To the fact that he is the one who knows the way to wisdom and not us. That will reveal everything else. That will impact everything else about how we live. 
Um, he says one clear thing here. He says, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? Um, we often think of like just being scared, um, because that's what fear means to us. But fear is, is broader than that. It's, it's knowing, rightly revering someone. It's not just like being scared of them, because even Satan and his demons are scared of God. Fearing God is actually knowing him. And, and knowing who he is and revering him rightly. And how does that, how does that happen in anyone's life? It comes through God revealing himself to us, doesn't it? He reveals himself to us through his Holy Spirit, through his son, Jesus. And that's how we come to fear the Lord rightly, to know him. Uh, knowing God as he has revealed himself to be. Uh, the promise-making, promise-keeping God of Moses, um, of Solomon. Solomon was the guy who, when uh, he became king of Israel, God said to him in the dream, you know, what do you want, Solomon? And Solomon said, I want wisdom. And then we get uh, proverbs like, um, where, where am I up to? Um, we get proverbs that say, um, this exact kind of thing, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. So God gives wisdom, and the wisdom that comes is exactly the same thing that we're seeing here. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. If we think we can have wisdom without God, or even that there is no God at all, we are fools. Another proverb says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Ultimately, that will be what it proves. Those who say there is no God will be proven to be fools. Because there is a God who made all things, who made us. And the most wise thing in the world is to seek to know him, to desire to know him for yourself. I wonder if you've... um, given much time to that i know we're in church so we expect people to say yes i'm here but knowing him for yourself i wonder how you've how you're doing it seeking him for yourself would you would other people see that that's the thing that you treasure most knowing him knowing him more it doesn't become a religious thing it's just what do we actually think is important Is it precious to us? Is it it the most precious thing to know him? And we had that question at the start, what makes a wise dad? What makes a wise person? As you go about this week and you seek to be making choices, making decisions, making good decisions, living well, what would that actually look like? What will it look like to reach the end of the week and to look back and say, well, that was, that was wise? Well, it will be seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Living dependent on him. Coming to him for everything that you need. And we've seen, haven't we, that the, the wisdom is the fear of the Lord To turn away from evil is understanding. Notice that those two things go together. (laughs) 
When, some, when someone comes to fear God rightly, there is a turning away from evil that happens. The Christian life is not just what we know. I know this, I know this, I know this. But it, is, it has a change in us. <laughs> when, we, when we know this God, when we fear this God rightly, it will involve a turning away from sin, a turning away from evil. So those are the things that go together. The changed life. The person who knows this, this God, who fears him rightly, has turned away from evil. Uh, we were told that about Job. Job is the example to us of one who has done that. In verse one, uh, chapter 1, it says he feared God and turned away from evil. And of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who, is, who lived the perfect life of wisdom, in whom all wisdom is found. You want to see what it looks to live wisely? Look at Jesus. Follow him. 